What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, so this is, at least for me, this is the long-awaited best of 2005 multi-part mini-series that I'm going to do here. I promise this show, I'm delivering it. And I've basically been working on this for, man, ever since, like, spring. So I listen to a lot of records, as I always like to do. Most of the ones I own, a few I didn't. So despite the fact that it's been 15 years since the year of 2005, uh, you know, I, I don't think people are, like, massively nostalgic for 2005 so much. And that's really kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this countdown. Because, you know, bucking trends a little bit try to do that on Rock Strikes 10 for the most part. Uh, but also, like, as far as my household goes, 2005 is actually a pretty special year for both myself and my lovely wife, Nola. So I asked her, what about 2005? She's like, yeah, cool, because 2005 was the year she graduated high school, so she's got good memories of that. And for me personally, 2005 was a pretty damn good year. Uh, especially professionally, that was like the last year that I really actually enjoyed work. <laughs> Which is sad. It's been 15 years since I've actually really enjoyed my day in and day out process. But that was the last year that I worked at CD Warehouse. I was actually the manager at that point. And no bullshit, man. I recently came across my tax return from that year. And I was even making more money than <laughs> I have in the last 15 years. Which is very sad. But... You know, I was making a good living. I was able to afford an apartment. Had zero money problems. Not yet, at least. 2006 would all come crashing down, but that's a, another story for another time. But, you know, in short, I enjoyed 2005. And I remember liking some really cool records at that point. So, and I was buying a lot of records, a lot of CDs. So, you know, hell, I was like, let's just do this. So it gave me a chance to revisit this year because, like I said... Some really cool records came out in 2005, plus I got to go back and listen to some records that I didn't give a chance to back then, so this countdown's going to be a mix of both, but mostly stuff that I was already pretty familiar with, but there will be a few entries. I'll, I'll try to name them as I go along, but what we're going to do here, we're going to do a big six-parter, so four of the episodes will be the top 40 albums of 2005, according to me, and the other two parts, we're going to sprinkle in some odds and ends from 2005 as well, so you know the drill, let's get to it right here. 
And the way I did this, I used the uh, borrowed Rock and Roll Geek scoring system, and then I tweaked it into my own type of scoring system. And I basically used uh, the kind of point system I got as kind of a guide. It's not exactly mathematical on point as to what these albums scored. So there's a little bit of personal preference that went with the two, some favoritism, some seniority, things such as that. But I think I came up with a pretty good list. There is going to be a shit ton of variety, as you would hopefully come to expect here on Rock Strikes 10. So we're getting to it right here. Coming in at number 40 is a, a true icon. If there's a Hall of Fame for most genres of music, this guy would be in it and is in it for sure. Whether it's like just regular ass rock and roll Hall of Fame, songwriters Hall of Fame, R&B, what have you. The great Stevie Wonder put out uh, to this date his latest album. He put it out in 2005 on October 18th. Yeah, I'm working with notes here. I do have notes uh, so I figured I would subsequently just look them over because I'm doing so well. So yeah, so on October 18, 2005, Stevie Wonder released an album called A Time to Love. And it was his 23rd studio album. Yeah, I'm going to give you some stats here. His 23rd studio album peaked at number 5 on the Billboard album charts in the U.S. That was the highest ranking within the world. And it was also self-produced. And... You know, this is a pretty good record. It's, you know, like three quarters really good. And it's not just like pretty good for like uh, an oldies artist who's putting out new material and you give him a pass. This is pretty damn good stuff. Good R&B record. Some nice variety here and there. Probably too many ballads for my taste overall, but not bad either. And if you're going to listen to an album with a few extra ballads on it, you could do a lot worse than the great Stevie Wonder. But I'm not going to play a ballad here. I'm going to play definitely the most noteworthy song of the record. It was the first single off of it, whether you've heard this or not. This is a fun tune, and it's got some special guest stars on it. So I will reveal those to you after we hear the track. So once again, coming in at number 40 on the top 40 albums of 2005, according to myself, we kick off things with Stevie Wonder and the song So What the Fuss. Shame! 
be driving through a crime down by the restaurant to get me some food. And someone says, hey, boy, we don't show you kind. Shame on them. And if we live in our democracy and you don't use your power to vote, then when someone like to turn the hand of time, shame on us. fun positive song right there to kick off the countdown here best of 2005 that was stevie wonder with so what the fuss as you probably heard him drop the name a couple of times during the track the guest lead guitarist on there providing some really nice clean guitar right there was prince two icons right there and providing the background vocals by the way which he didn't name drop during the song was uh, the great vocal group in vogue right there definitely r&b hall of famers right there in Vogue, Prince, Stevie Wonder, what more could you ask for in your R&B? All right, hope you enjoyed that. As we do uh, a lot of times here, and pretty much almost song by song, we're going to move on to something completely different for number 39. This was actually a new album to me, 
And definitely over the last few years, I've become an even bigger fan of this gentleman right here. And I do say gentleman because he goes on Talking Metal pretty frequently. And he always comes off really cool, really nice, real personable. Good interview. Uh, so yes, Udo, or Udo, the band. But yeah, Udo Dirk Schneider, formerly of Accept. Definitely a next level heavy metal singer of all time. A guy that's underrated in the overall grand scheme of things. And definitely underrated, I will say. He has just one of those unique voices. It's irreplaceable, that voice. And whether you love it or hate it, you can't deny that it is one of a kind, for sure. So, and I don't think you would mind me saying this, Germany's second greatest metal vocalist of all time, just right behind Klaus Mine there. Uh, but yes, Udo put out his 10th solo studio album in 2005, put it out on September 30th, and it's an album called Mission Number X or Mission Number 10. I'm going to say 10 because it's a 10th studio album. That makes total sense. But they use the X, so I guess Roman numeral. Mission Number 10 It's produced by a guy named Stefan Kaufman. And, uh, you know, like I said, this was the first time I listened to this record. So I enjoyed it enough for it to crack into the top 40 right here. So coming in at number 39 with all the metal, this is Udo with Mad for Crazy. I'm 
Yeah, I said Udo before I cranked the track up there, but there you go. Yeah, Udo officially. You got to do the dot dot thing. So Udo with Mad for Crazy from the album Mission Number Ten. Hope you enjoyed that. It came in at number thirty-nine. Pretty cool metal record right there. I think the only like real knock I might have on that record is it's kind of of the time production-wise, and the sense of you know most albums from this time. They weren't using tape. They were using like Pro Tools, like all through it and stuff like that. But it, it's a small gripe, but you can definitely tell, you know, and things like that if you're a nerd like me. So, anyway, speaking of nerds, moving on to number 38, definitely some nerds right here, but some of my favorite nerds. And, you know, I don't like to use the term guilty pleasure. I, I, I like what BJ from Rockin' Our Roll says. We have no shame. So, this is definitely a no shame artist right here. Matter of fact, and I didn't even mean to use this as a segue, but I'm going to go with it. When I was on Rockin' or Roll doing my No Shame episode, I actually played this song on here. So, yeah. This album came out on September 27th of 2005. It was this band's fourth studio album. Peaked at number 24 on the USA album charts, Billboard 200. And did its best overseas, where they are much bigger. Peaked at number 4 in Germany and Austria. Yes, there's two different charts right there for those things. Uh, so, yeah, this band, big in Europe, they're almost kind of considered, I guess, a two-hit wonder in America. But uh, I love them. They're some of my favorite clowns. They have no integrity. They have no critical acclaim. But I think they're pretty fun. They're juvenile as all get out. But I just think that uh, the producer of this album and main lyricist and main singer or MC, Jimmy Pop, I think he's a super clever guy. So he relates to the mammalian part of my brain. So I'm always going to give Bloodhound Gang a shot. And I like this album enough that it comes in here at number 38. The album is Hefty Fine. Don't go looking for the album cover. Just, uh, I don't know how to avoid this album without seeing the album cover. It's, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it's how it is. But it's pretty unforgettable. But much like this track I'm going to use to represent the album here, the song I played on Rockin' or Roll for my No Shame episode, and a pretty witty one on top of that, the song is Ralph Wiggum. I'm going to Africa. Yes, ma'am, I'm a brick was President Lincoln. Okay, Mitten. There's a dog in the vent. Chicken necks, I pick and Griffey Jr. I fell out two times.
Okay, there you go. A song that was co-written by Jimmy Pop of the Bloodhound Gang and co-written by all the writers of The Simpsons, officially. That was Ralph Wiggum by the Bloodhound Gang. Yes, 100% of the lyrics are all lines that Ralph Wiggum used on The Simpsons and all the music was written by Jimmy Pop. So really interesting collaboration right there. Apparently the song took a long time to write, but I completely dig the gag right there. So there you go, Bloodhound Gang. I like them. I understand if most people don't or they're just not being honest with themselves, but yeah. All right. Moving on here. It's getting back to the heavy metal right here at number 37. One of New Orleans' finest right here. Put out an album on February 8th of 2005. It was their eighth studio album. This album was dedicated to the memory of the recently deceased Dimebag Daryl at the time. Uh, He'd only been gone for a couple of months at that point when the album came out. This album was co-produced by Warren Riker and Rex Brown. Speaking of which of Pantera fame, and this is, uh, if I have to put bands on a short list that truly define heavy metal, and I mean heavy metal, like, these guys are the sludge kings of heavy metal, you know, it's like the Melvins and then these guys right here. So what else can you say? Once again, from my home state of Louisiana, this is Crowbar, representing the album Life's Blood for the Downtrodden, and the song Fall Back to Zero.
Okay, right there, coming into number 37 with the album Life's Blood for the Downtrodden. That was Crowbar right there in the song Fall Back to Zero. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you had it turned up. Hope you disturbed and annoyed the neighbors or the guy in the car next to you or what have you. So, yeah. And uh, just looking at this countdown here and the song order that I have and the album order that I have here on the countdown, I don't do good transitions for the sake of the countdown. Uh, so this probably would have been better, you know, maybe followed up after the Bloodhound Gang or whatever, because they probably came in pretty similar on the point system. But it, it's how it is, man. It's how it is. So coming in at number 36 right here is a band that, you know, your children might know better than you. I actually saw this band back in the 90s uh, over Deep Ellum Live with my CNJ radio partner, Chris. That was a fun show. I don't remember who they were opening for. They were either opening for Goldfinger or Say Ferris. It was definitely one of those shows. Or, hell, they could have been op- they could have been opening for Real Big Fish. We saw a lot of uh, the punk ska bands, especially at Deep Ellum Live at that time. So, at some point I will get this figured out. Because, hell, i got to do it at some point when I get to the concert chronology. Uh, but this band right here, called the Aquabats. And uh, I've liked the Aquabats for a while. I, I fell off with them, you know, you know, once the uh, 2000s rolled around. And apparently they kind of stopped making records for a few years at this point. But on June 7th of 2005, they put out their fourth studio album called Charge, with two exclamation points. An album produced by Cameron Webb. And this album's really cool. I went into it expecting the Aquabats that I had heard before. The band that I saw back in the 90s. A little more ska punk. You know, definitely have a Devo influence. Uh, But uh, the album that I got was way different. And, you know, maybe riding a bit of the trend at the time. But this album's definitely more pop punk. I don't want to say more wacky because they were pretty wacky to start with. I mean, you know, they're called the Aquabats and they wear Lone Ranger masks and capes and they act like superheroes. But this album actually doesn't sound like a band that portrays superheroes. So that's the kind of interesting thing about it. And it's hard to pick one song to really represent this album properly, I think, because... There's actually a good amount of variety on it, style-wise, but I just like this one. I think it has a really fun chorus, and it's just a fun, silly song right here. So it kind of stuck with me, so I'm like, I'm going to play that one. So here you go to represent the Aquabats Charge album, coming in at number 36 on the Top 40 Albums of 2005. This song is called Hot Summer Nights Won't Last Forever. Get about you. Dear Elizabeth, I hope you're doing well. 
Uh, I think it's so awesome that you're out monitoring glacier patterns in some remote part of Alaska where no one can get a hold of you. I thought I'd try anyway. I understand, so I bought a Kruger and I'll wear you near my heart, we'll never be apart. Now the heavens smile upon us with tears in my eyes. You had to say goodbye, you had to go and get and tell me why. Forget about you. Dear Elizabeth, again, I hope you're doing really good. I haven't heard from you yet, but anyway, the weirdest thing, I met your identical twin sister Liz the other night at a party. Wow, she looks just like you. It's so trippy. Anyway, she said you missed me, but not to try to get a hold of you because you're real busy. And the weirdest thing is, I guess she's joining you on the expedition. Wow, that's totally cool. Come in at number 36 right there. That was the Aquabats from the album Charge. That was Hot Summer Nights. Won't last forever. A bit juvenile, but man, I think that's a pretty well-arranged song right there. And that chorus really sticks with me, so there you go. And another band that writes some pretty catchy songs right here. Definitely leaning more power pop right here. They kind of rode that kind of fine line between being accepted by the hipsters you know, alternative brands and such as that, and then like some old school classic rock power pop fans. I think they pulled it off pretty well, especially on their initial couple of albums. Uh, so good enough to crack the top 40 right here. Coming in at number 35 is a band called OK Go. You might know this band, the Treadmill Video Band. But yeah, and it's from this album, and I'm not going to play that song. Their second album here, called Oh No, came out on August 30th of 2005, their sophomore album. Produced by a guy named Tor Johansson, or maybe it's Tor Torre Johansson. I believe he's Swedish, actually. He's a Swedish producer. Uh, known for producing bands like Franz Ferdinand and the Cardigans. I know that name from those records. And, you know, I'm trying to do these chart things whenever I see them pop up here. Of course, all these episodes are brought to you by Wikipedia. But I noticed that the commercial peak for this album was number two on the iTunes chart. There you go. A sign of the times that the iTunes chart is making a dent here on these countdowns. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, big single aside, I think the OK Go album is pretty cool, especially if you're a fan of power pop like I am. Uh, so there's some good stuff to be had on this record. All these albums here on the 40 through 31 entrance, these are all kind of going into the three quarters good kind of thing for me as far as how I scored them. Uh, but yeah, I think there's more good songs on this album than not. Uh, so here you go. Further proof right here, in my opinion, Here's a song from OK Go off of the Ono record. This is called It's a Disaster. Crash and burn, crash and burn. 
Riverside coming in at number 35 on the top 40 albums of 2005 list, according to Me, Myself, and I. That was OK Go from the album Oh No with It's a Disaster. Hope you enjoyed that. And a real funny note that I read about this online is, so there's a really annoying ghost track at the very end of this album. And it's, I forget the name of it, but it's like something, it's like, some thousand kilometers or something like that and it's basically like i think like 35 minutes in excess of something like that of almost silence it was recorded in i guess the singer's i think it was the singer's girlfriend's room while she was sleeping and so you can hear like stuff kind of like outside noise cars kind of humming by and some fireworks outside or something but the reason that they put it on there according to him is uh, really just to kind of stick it to the record label, apparently, because uh, you probably understand the struggle back in the day if you'd put a CD in the computer and you wanted to listen to it, and it starts firing up the CD-ROM shit. Well, apparently they heard that the label wanted to do that, so they just put as much as they could, like the amount of time on there, so they wouldn't do that or some shit like that. So apparently if your CD is like shorter, it's easier to put CD-ROM stuff on there. Since their album hit like the max amount of time, they couldn't do it, so they was like, yeah, we don't want that on our CD. So I thought that was pretty funny, actually. So moving on here, something not as funny, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? Coming in at number 34, uh, a band I've always said, like, if I ever go into the quote-unquote new metal direction, this is definitely one of my safeties right here. A band that I, I always enjoy their records for the most part. They're always at least three-quarters good for me, and this one kind of resembles that remark. But right here, Dope with American Apathy, and they definitely had plenty to yell about at this point. We're into the second George W. Bush term. I won't get too political on this particular episode. But yeah, that's pretty much what the album is. When they're not talking about sex, they're talking about how shitty things are in the government. And hey, there you go. Why not, right? So yeah, this album came out on July 26th of 2005. It was Dope's fourth studio album, produced by Etzel Dope, the leader of the band. It uh, only peaked at the Billboard 200 at 128. But it did chart number 14 on the independent album charts of Billboard and number one Heat Seekers chart on Billboard. So that's pretty cool. A number one album on any Billboard chart is an accomplishment, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I, I enjoy most of this album. It's pretty cool, especially if you're into the band. But I figured I'd have a little fun here. So I'm going to play you the last song on the album, which is kind of something they do on each album. They, they pick a cover song and go with it. So I figured, hell, let's just play the cover. And speaking of bad old presidential uh, terms, there's a lot of shit going on right now, if you haven't noticed. So I feel like even just putting a song like this out into the world hopefully just makes things just a little bit better. I mean, I don't have any delusions that I'm going to do that, but a guy can hope, right? And rebellions are built on hope. So here you go. This is People Are People. Stand. People are people, so why 
right there with people are people from their album american apathy that came in at number 34 on the top 40 albums of 2005 right there hope you enjoyed that hope you had it turned up really loud speaking of really loud this band right here oh my god uh, they make a lot of noise for two people and i'm not talking about the white stripes either uh, although you know maybe they'll come into the story later on here but i saw this band around this time here this album came out on january 25th of 2005 it was their debut album produced by a guy named phil eck and this band right here, for a while, they were actually half of the Melvins. And so the cool thing was when they joined up with the Melvins to provide the much-needed bass guitar, as always. And, hell, let's add an extra drummer to the Melvins. This is one of the strongest lineups this band ever had. And so they were a big part of that. So I became a fan of this band, and they put out some really cool, fun, loud records. Uh, so, yeah, Big Business is the name of the band. And their debut album here is called Head for the Shallow. And they came in at number 33 on the list right here. So check out a song from their debut album right here. This is Technically Electrified. Nothing else matters, you've given us all this stuff 
Big business right there with their big beefy sound. That was technically electrified. That sounds like an old Black Sabbath song title right there. But yeah, Head for the Shallow is the name of the album. Like I said, I saw them with the Melvins. They were fantastic. They actually opened up the show and then the Melvins joined them for the rest of the show. It was pretty crazy. So I guess I heard a lot of those songs live. I've actually heard a lot of the bands on this particular episode live with the exception of Udo and Crowbar. So I got to fix that someday. I'd love to see both of those acts live, but I've actually seen all of these bands live so far. So there you go. Here's another one I haven't seen that definitely is on the bucket list. Got to see him sooner than later. Please come back concerts. I mean, you know, when it's safe and everything. But coming in at number 32 is a legit Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Some people might not realize that he is, but he's in with a particular act. This album came out on January 24th of 2005. It was this gentleman's 10th solo studio album. He's put out way more records than that, but as far as just him and him only, his 10th solo studio album. It was self-produced, but also co-produced with Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and a guy named Fabrizio Grassi. And not only did Chad Smith co-produce this album, he plays all of the drums on it, which I didn't know in advance. I didn't even know that when I listened to this record. It was only until the other day when I was making my professional notes here, that I was like, oh, that's cool. Chad Smith played all the drums on this. But yes, he did, and apparently he's pretty good friends with the great Glenn Hughes. Yes, Glenn Hughes of countless bands, and he's just been hauling it for, God, like, what, at least 45 years plus, something like that? Guy's insane. And he still has his pipes, and he still had them in 2005, obviously. This was a really cool, just, you know... Not a very heralded record. I don't even think it got a proper U.S. release. I, I don't think it did, not for a long time. But I quite enjoyed it, and I love listening to Glenn just throw it down. So here's the title track from this particular album right here from 2005. This is Soul Mover. Soul Mover. 
first time just listening to that when I was playing it that I was like you know that really is a in the best possible way I mean this a bastardized version of the chili pepper suck my kiss mixed with Sam and Dave's soul man right there but that's probably because of the way he sings the chorus but there you go soul mover by Glenn Hughes 
check out the album Soul Mover. It's pretty cool. There's also like a bonus track cover of Knights in White Satin on there. Great version. Great hearing Glenn Hughes sing that. And uh, I think on that particular track that you just heard, Soul Mover, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, according to the note I didn't write down, but my memory serves me here, Dave Navarro was the lead guitar player on that track. So there you go. Having fun. We're going to end off this particular episode, this part, with uh, another group of true icons right here. So just going to throw down the stats here. This album was released on September 6th of 2005. It was their 22nd studio album released in their country, in Britain. But it was the 24th studio album released in America. I still don't know how this happened. I'm going to have to do some research on that. But that's what I have here on my notes. This album was produced by Don Was, Matt Clifford, and a tandem called the Glimmer Twins. Can you guess who it is? I'm sure if you're any kind of rock fan, you already know who this is. This album peaked at number three in the U.S., but it was number one in Canada and most of all European countries. Yes, I'm talking about the Ruining Stones. Yeah, and you know, this album from 2005, A Bigger Bang, you know, without sounding too cliche, it's one of their better modern studio albums for sure. Good enough to come in at number 31 on my list, and I don't take that shit lightly. This is a really cool, stripped back, sounds like they're just kind of jamming in a room kind of record. Uh, sounds like a lot of one and two takes on this one, and it's better for that reason. The Stones are better when they're not so labored over and stuff like that. So I'm going to go on a limb and say best album since, uh, let's go with uh, Undercover. I like Undercover. Why not? I'm going to go with that. So, yeah, that gives them a good 20 years. <laughs> so their best album in 20 years at this point. Uh, still to this date, it's their most recent album of original material. So they put out that blues album a few years ago. But yeah, Bigger Bang, give it a chance if you see it out and about, you know, not too expensive on CD or something like that. So yeah, I think it's good. And I'm actually going to go with the ballad on here. I, I know sometimes that doesn't work as a closer, but I really like this track. It's always been my favorite song on this record, so I'm going with it. So to close off part one here, the top 40 albums of 2005, we're going to do it with the Stones and this song right here, Laugh, I Nearly Died. Champagne 
Closing off part one here of the top 40 albums of 2005, that was the Rolling Stones from the album A Bigger Bang, which is actually, by the way, I know this because I remember weird shit like this, A Bigger Bang Tour is still the highest grossing tour of all time, I believe still at this point. Craziness. Yeah, they, they toured for years on this thing. And they played uh, everywhere where there was electricity and where there wasn't electricity, they figured it out. So, crazy stuff right there. But yeah, Bigger Bang, that was Laugh I Nearly Died, my favorite song on that record. The rest of it's, you know, powdered with uh, stuff you'd expect from the Stones. Good, fun, blues-based rock, some up-tempo rockers, just fun, dirty stuff from the Stones. So, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode. There were a lot of oddballs here on this episode, I realize. But I stand by this list, and of course, it's a countdown, so it's only going to get better. Stay tuned for all these remaining episodes. Like I said, there's going to be three more countdown episodes. This next one coming in here is going to be one of the odds and ends episodes. So I think we're going to go this one here, 40 through 31, then the first odds and ends, and then 30 through 21, and then another odds and ends, and then we'll just do the top 20 uninterrupted after that. So we're going to go with that. So stay tuned for the always fun odds and ends episode of 2005 coming up right here. Until then, thanks for tuning in, and I will send it over to my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in the business. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then... Have fun.